Couples trying to get pregnant may have turned to an ovulation or period tracking app for help. Millions of women around the world use them for a variety of reasons. But what happens to the very personal data people enter in these apps? In some cases, it gets fed to third parties, including Facebook. That's according to a new report by the UK-based advocacy group Privacy International. They looked at these apps being used in different parts of the world. There's Maya, Maya Femme, My Period Tracker, Ovulation Calculator, and others. Eva Bloom Dumonté led the research on the period tracking apps. And what we found is that uh, the ones that are both called Maya have uh, very worrying practices because essentially they ask their users to enter extremely sensitive data, not just about uh, their menstruation, but also about their sexual life and also all sorts of medical data uh, like their uh, birth control peel, but also even like their blood pressure, any sort of medical history they might have. And this is all shared with Facebook. And other third parties. And uh, those other apps that you mentioned, are they also acquiring the same kind of data? All of them actually are uh, collecting very sensitive data. The other ones, we're not sharing it with Facebook or other third parties. Uh, but what they were doing, though, is that every time uh, the user would open the app, they let Facebook know that the user is opening the app. So Facebook knows that you're using this app, which means that you're a person who menstruates, that probably if you open the app, that means you're at a time of your cycle where you're actually on your period. Uh, it probably also tells Facebook that you may be either trying to have a child or trying to avoid getting pregnant. Uh, so there's a lot of information already that can be inferred from just merely letting Facebook know that you've opened the app. And just to be clear, I mean, this information, the, the app developers would say this is legitimately needed to make certain determinations about uh, fertility, correct? Yeah, so it's it's needed for them, but what's you know absolutely not you know mandatory is is sharing it with Facebook. So what does Facebook do with this data, with this information? It's unclear at this stage what Facebook does with uh, with this information. Uh, what we question is why a company like Facebook should have access to this data. When we think back to the reality of what has happened with Facebook collecting so much data about us in the past, and obviously I'm thinking, for example, about the Cambridge Analytica scandal and the targeting of population in the context of, of election, it is worrying that a company like Facebook would hold so much data and so much personal, intimate data. Hmm. Who around the world is typically using these apps? So the apps we've looked at are particularly popular in India, in Indonesia, and uh, in the Philippines, actually. Right. And uh, women there, are they're giving this information voluntarily. I mean, do you know if there are concerns about this, about privacy in those countries? We uh, partnered with BuzzFeed for this research, and they've interviewed uh, users of these apps in uh, in various countries. And obviously, sadly, a lot of users are simply not aware of the data collection and the ch- data sharing of those apps and their practices. Right, which seems like that ought to be changed. If people are unaware, they should be made aware. I mean, how clear do these apps make it in, ter- in their in their terms of Absolutely service? Absolutely not. I- in fact, because we. Um, we have uh, been looking at the privacy policies of those apps. It's worth bearing in mind that, you know, for the general public, for the average person, it, it would be actually quite a difficult thing to read. It's not, you know, necessarily written in very accessible language. It's quite long. They do not explicitly clarify the extent to which they share information with 
third parties. So we actually question even the the legality of the those privacy policies that are uh, not sufficiently transparent, not su- sufficiently explicit, especially when, as I said, they are collecting medical data. I mean, the thing is, um, even when people are aware and they then decide to uh, fork over the fork over the data, they're doing it willingly. They're doing it voluntarily, right? Well, but it, there is a question to be asked about. Or it is people doing it voluntarily when they don't actually understand what's going to happen to this data and when it's not uh, properly explained to them. You know, in European data protection legislation, there is a really important notion, which is informed consent. Uh, If you don't understand what you're signing, it cannot be understood as informed consent. And that's actually what we would argue in this case. Uh, it, It can't be argued that they were really consenting to this. Eva Bloom Dumonté with Privacy International, speaking with us from London. Thanks very much. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.